Welcome to the White Oak Houston podcast. This is the official podcast of White Oak Baptist Church. I am Pastor John, joined alongside... Pastor James, good to be here. And uh, today we want to talk about um, a really, really important topic. Um, We recently um, went through this in our Struggle Bus series, and James preached last Sunday on the topic of uh, pornography. And um, obviously we preached on it because we did a survey asking people what their biggest struggles were, and a lot of people said a combination of lust and pornography. And so I know as people are listening to this right now, number one, maybe you're a guy and you really, really struggle with this, maybe even a girl too. Um, You really struggle with this, and maybe you're discouraged about like you're not making progress in it, you're not beating that sin. Or number two, as James talked about Sunday, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, how do people actually do that? Like maybe you're a girl and you're like, I can't believe people actually struggle with that. Um, if that's you, you know a lot of people struggle with it. And so um, just real quick, I'm going to interview Pastor James, ask him some questions. He's fresh off of preaching a great sermon on it, which you can find on the podcast as well, entitled uh, Hope for a Generation of Porn Addicts. Um, but he's learned a lot. He's prayed through this a lot, talked to a lot of people. And so I want to interview him, man. So um, I'll just kick it right off, man. Um, how common do you think a porn addiction is amongst men in the church? Yeah, the first thing I'd say, and I talked about this on Sunday, the number one lie that I think someone can believe about uh, who's struggling with pornography is that they're the only one. Uh, I think that's a, a lie straight from from Satan. That it is something that's very common and widespread. As I was doing research for uh, the sermon, I found through multiple groups, uh, Covenant Eyes being one, uh, Barner Group being another, that just more of half, half more than half of Christian men struggle with, with looking at pornography at wow. least once a month. So more than half admit to looking at it at least once a month. And uh, I think that the younger you get, sort of in that 18 to 29 demographic, just the, the higher it goes. So it's definitely widespread. It's definitely something that um, people in the room are dealing with. When you're sitting in your typical church setting, there are people in that room who are struggling with that. And it's, it's so sad because it's the silent struggle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I think, like you're saying, it's a silent struggle. I think that's exactly why it's it's maybe the most it, it, maybe in terms of the, the struggle that like is the most difficult for people that also a lot of people also don't know about. Mm. Like I, I think few things combine that way, and I think because it's a silent struggle, I think a lot of people do. And I would probably agree with your statistic. I would say probably in any average church, at least half of the guys, specifically like a lot of the young men, uh, millennial guys. Um, are struggling in, to some degree with pornography, and they're tempted to watch it. Um, they maybe even consistently do. Some guys in the church, they love Jesus, but they struggle with it. I mean, they're watching it weekly. Some are watching it daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's definitely one of those things where it's silent because it just feels so messed up, but it's become so much a part of guys' lives. And so we just need to start by knowing it is a huge problem in the church. Um, next thing, man, is uh, what would you consider an addiction versus an occasional occasional struggle, or would you draw a differentiation between the two? So um, if a guy's listening to this, you know, and he's like, you know, I watch it, you know, I don't do it a ton, but maybe once a month I slip up and, and watch pornography, or, you know, uh, what's the difference, between, like, 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 what guy needs to realize he has an addiction versus, like, just an occasional thing he struggles with? Well, I mean, the first thing I'd say to that is even beyond addiction, Anytime we lust is sin. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Anytime we lust is sin. Jesus said, he who looks lustfully at a woman commits adultery with her in his heart. So that, that's number one, even beyond addiction. Even if you think, well, it's only once a month. It's only, you know, X number of times. Like There, there is sin in doing it even once. So that would be number one. Secondly, when you talk about addiction, that's such a hard 
a subject that even counselors and people who are trained professionally, it's really hard to define exactly what an addiction is. But I think simply put, how I would define it in doing research for the sermon is when you reach a level of activity or you reach a habit in which you can no longer control it. And so I would argue that a guy who is looking at porn maybe once a month or occasionally, um, who, who thinks that maybe he wouldn't consider himself an addict, I guess my challenge would to him would be um, the fact that you do it is an in- indicator that, that there may be some tie to this sin um, that you don't recognize, you know, because Jesus mm-hmm. commands us to be holy and pure. And so if there is a Christian guy who is struggling with it on a once-a-month basis or, you know, maybe he thinks it's, it's not happening every day or not, not you know, more than, more than once a week, um, that there's still probably a deep-rootedness to sin. Um, I was thinking about Hebrews 3.13, which I didn't include this in the sermon, but as I was reflecting on it, I think it, it's really apt. Um, it says, Exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Mm. And so I think that's really where the mm. danger lies in thinking that I don't have a problem with it, is that sin is deceitful. Sin will tell you um, that you don't have a problem with, with it when you actually do. And so I think that's why it's such a mm. big, big issue. Man, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, I think the thing about sin that people don't, people think sin, oh, sin is like doing the wrong thing, being bad, failing to uphold God's standard and something. But I think also, like, sin is deceitful, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what people forget is like, you know, you, you can't control your sin, like your sin controls you. And so I would say in the same way, I, I think any guy that is in, in any way, shape, or form consistently watching pornography is probably addicted to a degree. Like he, he doesn't want to, but he does, right? Yeah. And I think that, like, even when someone struggles with alcohol, it's, like, it, it's really messed up when you know, like, they really don't want to, but they can't help but doing it, you know? And I think pornography is the same way. And so I think for us as pastors, that's just us telling guys, like, listen, if you, if there's any consistency in your life, like, you know, I mean, you've been struggling with this since you were, like, in middle school or high school and now in your 20s or 30s and still kind of slip up to it, yeah. like, what we're saying is, like, you need to handle that. You need to address that. And so I would just encourage any guy listening to this, like, you know, begin taking some of the steps that we're going to talk about here in a moment to actually rid your life of that because you, you can't just let it persist. Like, like the time is now. You need to get over it. You need to give it up and do whatever measures possible because it's got you trapped, right? And I think that's why the preaching of the word is so powerful and why your sermon was so powerful because I could, man, I could just almost even spiritually sense that, like as you're preaching, like people were being awoken to the reality that like this is a really big deal. And I think that pornography has a weird way of kind of making people think like it's just normal, not a big deal, nobody knows about it, um, but it's just not true. Um, so number two, man, um, our next question is, um, why do you think for guys especially, um, and girls too maybe, why is it so hard to overcome this addiction? What, what are the things that make it so difficult to beat this? Because it, it feels like maybe other sins... It might even be easier to defeat, but for some reason, this one, it's not the case. How much time do we have? (laughs) Because this is a perfect storm um, that comes with this particular temptation that maybe other temptations don't. Um, So the first one I'd say, and I brought this up in the sermon, is sexuality in general is so connected to who we are, both spiritually and biologically, that um, I think it, it, it lends to pornography having a very powerful hold over us. Um, I said in my sermon that sexuality either binds you to God or it chains you to sin. And I think that's really true. Like, God created this thing that's that's very good. And I think as we see um, sin doing to all other areas of life, sin has really warped this particular area of life. And, and Satan knows that this is something that people are susceptible to. So I think that makes it uh, re- really powerful because it's connected to who we are 
personally, and God said we should be connected to him in, in holiness, and so it, it disconnects us in that way. Two, I think the bar is so low. Pornography is so easy to access. Yeah. You know, I think that there are other things that, you know, some guys, like, addicted to, you know, hardcore drug user, whatever it is. It's just, it's harder to get that, but pornography is, like, literally, you turn on your phone, and you have the ability. It's, it's so crazy these days that you don't even have to be looking for it for it to find you, you know, and so I think that's, that's part of it. It's so widespread, so easy to access, and I think that makes it difficult mm. to overcome it, um, especially when someone uh, is slipping up from time to time. It's just so um, available. Number three, uh, it rewires your brain, and this is mm. something I mentioned in the sermon, that it's just, like, the science is coming out that, like, porn is is bad for you. And I think we all kind of knew that under the surface, but now I think people are, are starting to say that. And what's really cool, people are starting to say that outside of the church. You know, you're seeing yeah. organizations that are not even Christian affiliated, don't even believe the Bible. And they're saying, you know, this is something that's that's doing things to our brain that 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 isn't good. And so I think it's really cool to see even culture catching up with what God has been saying all along, that like uh, sexuality properly ordered is good, but when it's disordered, it's just so powerful uh, and dominating us. Um, so the last two I'd say is like we have very real spiritual enemies, and this is something that we believe. Like as the Bible, like there are spiritual forces of evil. There, there are things in this world that want to keep you entrapped and enslaved. And I think that it's it's hard to um, to always remember that that it's not just you, but that there are other things out there that are are influencing you and trying to, to lead you away from God. And then the last thing I'd say is that when it comes to sexual addiction or to pornography addiction. When it comes to the fight, you've got to go down the long haul. This is not something that's not, you know, you're not going to get over this probably in a day or in a week or in a month. This is going to take consistent um, battling and consistent commitment to do, which is which is hard for us to do for sure. Yeah, um, I think when it comes to why it's hard to, to beat it, um, I think it's everything you've said. You know, you mentioned one thing about how, like, it's so accessible. And so I think that, you know, back in the day, they say, like, you know, when you wanted to watch porn, you would... I guess drive to the, uh, the, the 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 naughty store or whatever in a different town. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Town. yeah. You park in the back or whatever, um, and you go in, and, and probably the whole time you just felt icky to some degree, right? Mm. And I think what what the internet has done is made porn just so mainstream. You know, it's just kind of something that so many people are exposed to, and so I feel like you're not like you, you you're in your own comfortable home and environment. It's just something not good on a screen, and so I think it's easily accessible, and so I think because of that. Um, it kind of makes you think it's not as big of a deal as it really is. Um, I think I think the other reason why it's hard to overcome the addiction, and I, I think, is because people um, they use it as like a stress outlet, yeah. you know. And so I think it gets tied to. I mean, we do need to like you know have places where we kind of can relieve ourselves, right? But I think for a lot of people, because when I talk to a lot of people, one of the problems is is they can tell when they're most likely to fall to it. You know, they're they're tired, they've got a lot going on, they're stressed. Especially married guys, I got in a fight with my wife, you know, and so I'm more likely to watch porn then or whatever. I think a lot of it it gets tied to like a stress outlet, and you know, every time they're stressed, it's the it's the first thing and the quickest high they can get to. So I think that for a lot of guys, not only is it something that they're they're doing that's wrong, they don't just enjoy it. It's like something that they kind of retreat to, which obviously you know Christ calls us to Himself, you know, and and Christ actually will give you rest and fulfillment. Whereas like pornography, just like Satan, is a liar. You know, you think it'll make things better, but you just feel worse about everything. And so, I think because of all those things, it's really hard to to overcome it. So. Uh, but, man, but here's the most important thing right here, because I think that this is really what we want to get to, is what is God's plan, James, for beating porn? So it's this massive problem. It's a huge issue. What is God's plan? And then maybe 
how do we actually do that? Like, how do we actually live that out? Because a lot of guys, um, they're real discouraged. Yeah. Tried for, I mean, there are guys that have been battling this, and guys you would, you would never know, for 15 years. They got hooked on it in middle school, and it's now in their 20s. They're, they're married now and falling to this. That guy that's discouraged, doesn't know what to do, feels like it's never going to um, be beaten in his life, what is God's plan for him to beat it? Mm. So much to say uh, to you um, if you're in this and you're struggling. Um, just solidarity and uh, just con- just confession to you, man, that, that this is going to be a battle that you're going to deal with for a long time. Um, but the first thing I'd say is porn is defeatable. Yeah. Porn is defeatable. And I think that's that's the, the lie um, that you're probably believing right now is that you cannot get out of it. God is powerful, right? Jesus, yeah. literally the Bible say that Jesus came to set captives free. And so if, you, if you're a guy out there and you are struggling with this and you're thinking there is no way out, um, that is a lie. Uh, there is a way out. Porn is defeatable. Um, and it's something that we can get habitually out of just as we got habitually into it. So the first thing I'd say is um, just as a guy like trains his mind to beauty, like we are wired to, to be visual creatures. Right? Guys are visual creatures, so we can appreciate beauty. Um, so when an attractive girl walks by, we appreciate that, we acknowledge that. And I think in the same way that I think a guy can train his mind to see beauty in the gospel and to see beauty in the things of God and see beauty in theology. And so um, the first thing I'd say is you've you got to make sure that you are consistently in the word and in prayer and in fellowship and in worship, really. And all those things are avenues for worship. And so the number one thing would just be making sure that you are in um, consistent worship um, of God and talking to Him and, and, and thinking about the things of God because the Bible says whatever's true, excellent, holy, pure, like think about those things. And I think as you do that, it reshapes your brain in the same way that porn reshapes your brain um, in the things that are not of God. So that would be number one. Um, and so that's going to come through uh, reading the Bible, through studying theology, um, a plug for our uh, summer school theology class, uh, being a part Ooh. of that, just thinking about those things. That's a Praise great you. opportunity for you uh, to do that. So that's number one. And then really, I think the other big thing, and I'll just keep it very simple, number one, uh, raising your affections for Christ. Number two, Christian accountability. God, it, oh it, is, it is the number one thing. And I, and I also want to clear some things out here, uh, some, some rumors, maybe some myths um, that we believe about confession and accountability. I, I think number one, um, it's good. The Bible says if we confess our sins to one another and pray for each other, then we will be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That's in the uh, book of James. So it's true. If you confess your sins, the power that sin has over you um, is greatly diminished. And, and two... Um, I would say that when it comes to Christian about accountability, um, you got to make sure that you're confessing and that you're in regular accountability with someone that you, res- you respect and who can help you get out of it. Because I think a lot of times, and I mentioned this in the sermon, uh, sometimes we confess to maybe our Christian buddies that we call it. These are just guys that we're sort of hanging out with. And maybe the topic comes up and you kind of confess to each other once, you know, and then the, you don't talk about it for another three months or so. And so it kind of comes out occasionally. But if you want true accountability for an habitual sin, you need habitual confession. And mm. so that would be number two. You, you need accountability. So raise your affections for Christ. Get accountability. Man, as you were talking, this one concept came to my mind, which I think is, is going to be huge for a lot of people. Your accountability has to match your addiction. Mm. And what I've, what I've noticed for a lot of people, just like you were saying, it's like <laughs> if, if you're watching it consistently and only confessing it occasionally, mm. you're going to stay in it, right? Yeah. 
And I think for for a lot of people, like I said, they, they tried to beat it, you know, once or twice. They tried to overcome it, but it didn't work out. And yet the reality is, is however many times you fall into, it's probably the amount of times or seasons you're going to have to try to like beat it. And so I think that at the end of the day, what you have to come to is like you have to just really come into the light. Yeah. Like I think God offers healing. He says, um, I mean, Jesus even says he is the light, right? And, and First John says, um, those who walk in sin walk in darkness, you know. So there's a connection between darkness and sin. And there's a connection between holiness and light. And I think the biggest problem, like the, the number one thing any guy's got to do, like if you're struggling with this, you've got to come into the light and come into the light in many different avenues. You know, people ask like, so do I need to tell my wife? Yes. If you're a married guy who's watching porn, you got to tell your wife, right? Um, do I need to tell my pastor? Yes. Do I need to tell my community group leader? Yes. Do I need to tell my Christian brothers who I, who I trust to help me? Yes. Like, I believe the more light that you bring into the situation, um, the more of God's healing can come into your situation. And I think also, and we've talked about this a lot of other things, the reality is, is we have to admit this. When we struggle with porn, we like it. Hmm. You know, let's give up the facade. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't want it. Like, you like it. That's why you do it, you know? You like it, right? And the problem is not that you just struggle to overcome it. The problem is your heart is still drawn to this. And that's why exactly what you said is true our affections for Christ must be raised, right? The idea that I'm going to um, give up something like porn without having a wonder of the gospel and Christ's love for me, it's not going to help. Self-discipline is good to a degree, Paul says that, um, but it's not gonna carry you the whole way. Only the love of Christ can do that. And so I think, yeah, how do we make sure we actually do this, actually beat it? We've gotta come into the light more and more and more. Everyone that's listening to this that is struggling with pornography, there are people that you need to be opening up to about it right now. Like if you have to turn off this podcast right now in this second and call someone up or text somebody or set up a meeting and let somebody know, come into the light. And when, what happens is when you come into the light, I believe like the, the darkness loses some of its grip on you. And so I think you have to come into the light. Um, tell them a little bit, man, Rich, real quick about what we did this past, um, this past week, the, kind of the system that we've set up um, entitled I Am Ready and kind of what that looks like. And, you know, I think any church could model this. Yeah. We'll think about that. So I Am Ready is a campaign that we started at our church, just having uh, preached on the sermon, having seen just how many people in our church deal with this. And so basically it's a, it's a campaign. It's an accountability campaign for coming out into the light. And so what people in our church, members of our church can do is they can um, sign up and they can basically, it sends um, information to Pastor John and I, and we have committed to um, emailing those guys who sign up for this every week for the next three months. Mm -hmm. And so uh, just accountability, just asking, how are you doing? How are you doing this week? And just providing that. Uh, man, I loved how you talk about each person as a beam of light. It's just another beam of light mm -hmm. into your life and just allowing someone to pray for you and to walk with you and really help you develop a personal plan. Like, when do you get triggered? When, you know, when does that happen? Mm -hmm. And just helping and having someone. Sometimes I think when we're deep in something, we think there's no way out, and that's the deceitfulness of sin. But when you have mm -hmm. someone else coming in, exposing your life, uh, exposing your life to them, then it's really helpful. And so that's what we've done at our church. I think any church... Uh, can do that. And I think it really starts there. It really starts with um, accountability. That's one of the number one things for sure. Mm. And real quick, I'm going to show you some rapid fire stuff because you, you preached a great sermon and there were a lot of things about it. Um, what are the outlets, just very quickly, that God provides for our sexual frustration? You hit on that. I thought it was really good. 
Yeah, so <laughs> I kind of made a joke here that we, we don't like these outlets because the outlets that Satan offers to us sometimes are so quick and easy, but uh, the, the third thing they are is destructive, you know, and that's what Satan doesn't tell you. It's like this is a, Tinder is a quick and easy outlet and porn is a quick and easy outlet, but he doesn't say that they're destructive outlets, and that's what the Bible ultimately says, that when we, we submit our sexuality to God, then things thrive. Like, we flourish, man. Like, Psalm 128 says, blesses the man who fears the Lord, and it says, like, his wife will be like a fruitful vine and his house his children will be like olive shoots at his table and i memorized that psalm a long time ago in my pursuit of a wife and my pursuit of sexual purity and it's really helped a lot and so the two outlets that i think that god gives us is first is that what we talked about raising your affections for christ and really that involves an element of suffering and self-discipline like you you've got to suffer to be sexually pure you know and so paul says literally that he trained his body beat it into submission in order to train it what was right and so i think that's number one like you've got to own up man up make decisions that you know Jesus said, like, cut off your left hand if it causes you to sin, you know. So I think you've got to think about these things like accountability uh, filters and software and, you know, what, I know, John, we talked about even in before the sermon how, like, our phones are like the Mm. Trojan horse. I love that idea. John was like, pun pun intended. Yeah, your phone, (laughs) your phone is like a Trojan horse. Like, it has all these things that, like, Satan says that you you need it and, and yet... Um, it has all this destructive stuff in it, you know. So I think really uh, we're just calling you to be honest and open about the things in your life that you truly need and the things that are really causing you to stumble. And Jesus says, really think about that. Really think about it in terms of heavenly perspective. No, that, that's, that's so huge, man. And I think a lot of times, and I think I think whether you're a married guy or a single guy struggling with porn, the reason is because of laziness. And I love how you talked about how, like, the single guy who struggles with porn, he's probably not doing everything in his power. He's obviously got this sexual drive that, that needs an outlet. He's not, like, are, are, are you on good Christian dating sites? Are you asking good godly girls to go? Are you courting a woman? Like, a lot of guys are just, like, waiting around for God to, like, drop the perfect woman in their life. You know, that's not how it works. We, mm. we were married. We, 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 we did yeah. some things to make that happen, right? And so I think a lot of times what happens is um, basically, you know, we're basically <laughs> – I suppose – um, but we're basically not uh, doing the things that are needed in order uh, to actually make it happen. And so, like, if you're a single guy and you have to deal with and you've got that sexual frustration, you've got to go get married. Go find a girl. Go ask a girl out. Go yep. date her. And if you're a married guy, a lot of times, you know, it's like, we're, you know, you're tempted to watch porn or, like, masturbate or something. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, it's because you don't want to romance your wife. You know, it takes work. You've you got to not be a jerk. You know, like, you've you got to do it, you know. And so, really what it is, is it's a quick, easy out that Satan is using to to basically trap you. And the same way how like when uh, Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness, I love how he tempts him and says, if you follow me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. But in that moment, Satan is lying because he can't give the kingdoms of the world, right? Only God can do that, right? So even in his temptation, he's lying. And every time that someone is tempted to lust or to watch pornography or something, like it's literally a lie. Satan is saying, things will be better if this happens and it's just not true. And so we have to follow God's plan, which is if we have that issue, we have to pursue marriage. um, And if we are married, we have to pursue our spouse. So a final question, man, um, is... Um, any, is there anything interesting that you learned as you studied for this sermon? Maybe something new um, as a pastor studying this topic, preparing to preach. Um, anything interesting you learned? Yeah, I think one of the things that I, I noticed is that when it comes to pornography, there's really two sides of it. One is sort of our responsibility as followers of Jesus to 
um, to walk in holiness, right? And so there's this element in which we, we have um, a sin nature and we have to submit that to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's one side. But really the other side that I, I, I researched for the sermon that I found really fascinating is just like the porn industry in general. You know, I think that um, Satan hides behind lies and has masks. And so really in studying for the sermon, I was able to sort of uh, take some of the mask off of this industry and just see how destructive it is. I talked about during the sermon this company uh, called MindGeek, which uh, y- you probably have never heard of that company before, and yet they own virtually all porn on the internet. Literally, they own over 100 porn sites. They own all the production studios. And so there's this company. S- say that name again. MindGeek. Okay. Like that, that, that is the enemy. MindGeek is the enemy. And I think what MindGeek wants to do and what the porn industry wants to do is they want to make us slaves. They want to make us addicts and they um they know how to do that they have the bait and switch and so i think just even in in researching for the sermon um it was really eye-opening to see just how much power um they have and i think really that's what jesus is calling us to do is to unmask the principalities and to unmask mm. uh, the evil forces in this world and see who is pulling the strings behind these things literally if if, if more than half of every christian guy is, is is addicted to something like this or is at least um tempted uh, to go into this, then you know there's got to be a powerful force behind it. And so um, that was really, it's one motivator for me, uh, really, to walk in holiness and purity, just to see, uh, just to unmask it and see how ugly it is. You know, bef- behind the unclothed women and behind the videos, mm-hmm. there's this this powerful player that wants to remain in the shadows. And that's really what I talked about on Sunday is Mind Geek and companies like that want to stay in the shadows and keep you addicted, but God wants you to come out into the light. God's mm-hmm. going to tell you how it is because he will <laughs> ultimately loves you and these companies don't yeah man that's so good i I think it's funny as you were sharing that i could just tell a lot of people were dialed in because they'd never heard that before Mm. and i think what you know what you don't realize is man anything on the internet anything where there's an image or something like there's a lot of people and time and money behind that we think stuff just gets uploaded you know but like i mean that was literally like i mean a, a porn video i mean that was like a photo i mean that was like a shoot you know like they had the lighting they had the right situation they have makeup artists i mean this is a huge production and and even when maybe they, people try to make it seem like it's just like down to earth or whatever like it's there's a lot behind it and we don't realize it and so so basically people get addicted to it and then all of a sudden it's like you know they don't realize that like someone has got you trapped now right mm-hmm. it's not just a, a little thing so well, hey, man, thank you so much for your sermon. And I want to, if you're listening to this and you want to hear more about uh, what Pastor James is talking about, I really encourage you to check out the sermon. Um, it's on our podcast. It should be the episode right before this one. It's just entitled Hope for a Generation of Porn Addicts. It's a great sermon. It's probably about 40, 50 minutes. Um, but he kind of breaks this down in more detail, um, kind of gives you some helpful scripture for handling uh, beating pornography. But if you were struggling, just know, as James said, you can beat it and you need to beat it. You can and you need to. And so, um, and the first step is to come into the light, is to, to you know, you got to start getting more people involved in what's going on. You have to treat this like a real issue because the problem is if you're struggling, you're probably treating it like it's just kind of a little side issue. Like it's ruining your life. You know, you need to realize that. And then number two, as people begin to walk with you, come up with some kind of a plan, um, which includes stirring your affections for Christ more and also putting in the healthy discipline to, to not be tempted or to fall to pornography. So, Um, Pastor James, thank you so much, and uh, once again, thanks so much for checking out the Wadah Houston podcast.